There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Zensurance is Canada's leading commercial insurance broker, providing small businesses, startups, and entrepreneurs with the coverage they need. We shop over 50 insurance providers, meaning we help small businesses across hundreds of industries save on their annual premiums. Simply visit zensurance.com forward slash startup, and in just a few minutes, you could save up to 35% on the customized policy you need. That's zensurance.com forward slash startup. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Joel Boyd of Fortinet. Joel Boyd is Director of SMB Solutions and Marketing at network security provider Fortinet, keeping his finger on the pulse of SMB trends through customer stories and tireless research, splitting his focus between cybersecurity and how technology can drive competitive advantage, Joel understands the difficulties that IT professionals face trying to balance secure growth with new ideas on how best to move forward and grow. Joel, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Uh, where do we find you today? Working in my very messy home office. Uh, that is the life of a very market research driven uh, person who's <laughs> got papers all over the place and data points all over the place. All right. Sounds like my place. Uh, yeah. Um, we usually start out by asking, what are the most important things that you hope entrepreneurs, and that's who our listeners are, busy entrepreneurs will take away from our conversation today? Sure. Um, you know, I don't want to get too much ahead of myself here. One of the things and, you know, one of the reasons I, so my background, I used to work a lot in uh, enterprise security. Uh, you guys can look at my LinkedIn. Um, you know, I was previously with Palo Alto Networks. I've worked at Symantec. But coming to Fortinet really gave me an opportunity to focus on an area of the market that I thought was really, really underserved. And that is kind of the small business, you know, person. 
And the reason behind that is there has been this huge trend, you know, the past, I don't know, three to five years, I would say, that really focuses around the consumerization of technology. And what I mean by that is technology and especially security used to have this, you know, theme around it's like, oh my God, it's so scary. You have to be super smart to use it. And the reality is, you know, look at every single thing that we use. Technology is becoming just easier and easier and easier to use. And the main takeaway I want folks to hear, you know, throughout this entire thing is the same way that you're probably using brand new technology that four or five years ago probably seemed scary to advance your business side. Security's got that same whole mantra going with it. So security is not as hard as it used to be. And don't let it scare you. And honestly, if you want your business to succeed, especially nowadays and even going forward three, five years from now, security has got to be something that's, you know, almost in line with for every technology that we're using to accelerate the business growth. We always have to be thinking about, okay, what are the security implications? Because it's not like you can put your head in the sand anymore. It is absolutely mainstream. You're seeing it on TV. Now you see it in movies. Our kids are hacking their video games and they don't even know that they're using exploits. That is the life that we live in now. Okay. Um, I think that's a really good message. And uh, we're going to talk about security. But first, I want to talk a little bit more about Joel Boyd. And you're like uh, an economics grad. So how did you get into technology and, and, and network security? Sure. Um, so out of school, you know, like most folks, you know, I wasn't completely sure what I wanted to do, but my father was very adamant that I had a job that, or I had degrees that could get me a job. So uh, yeah, I've got uh, degrees in economics and uh, also philosophy and uh, went into sales, uh, to be honest. Uh, you working... didn't mention the philosophy on LinkedIn. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, you know. Um, yeah, no, I've got, I've got a couple things. So a lot of math and a lot of writing and thinking. Wow. And um, so I started uh, off my career, I actually worked at CDW. So for those of you who don't know, CDW is a very, very big uh, reseller, value-added reseller of you know, IT technology. And it was crazy just how much there was. Um, long story short, you know, I, I was doing sales for a while and I became more and more drawn to, I hated closing and I really loved helping people understand how the technology could really help them in their business. And everyone would be like, oh, yeah, cool, I get it. And then, you know, to get into the negotiations and I was selling my soul, I wasn't a big fan of that part. So moved into the marketing side of the house. And I've been doing that now for about, I don't know, 10, 15 years, give or take. Um, but like I said, I've been working primarily with really, you know, to customers and clients who are huge companies. And it kind of just got old after a while. And as I said, it's like the people who I felt really, really needed the help the most. And, you know, it's growing so quickly because technology is being adopted so much faster uh, was really in this SMB type market. So uh, I made that transition um, about two and a half years ago. And it's it's been a wild ride um, in a good way, I should say. I always call the the small business market the heartbreak market because everyone loves the idea of helping small business and they develop solutions for small business, but small business does not always make the most rational decisions and they don't always have uh, big budgets. So how have you 
enjoyed being in the in the uh, in, in in the small business business. Yeah. So first off, you're spot on, and. I actually recently just, you know, so one of the things, you know, like I said, I've got <laughs> data points. One of the benefits, pros, cons, I guess you could think of being a really, uh, of a marketer is like a good marketer, in my opinion, you, you may not have actually done the job, but your job is to basically talk to a lot of people who have done the job and really understand from them. It's like, okay, where are your problems? What are you seeing? So I do a ton of surveys and a ton of market research. Um, and what's interesting in the SAP market from folks in my space and, you know, some of your listeners may be in that same boat is that there's not a lot of information out there because there's just so much. So I like to think that I'm kind of bringing that information from a, you know, more aggregate point of view, uh, to the market. So folks can learn what their peers are doing and what, how not to make those same mistakes. The research I recently completed is called like avoiding complexity, you know, how complexity impacts small businesses and what they can do to avoid it. And what I did is because when you're in the enterprise space, you're constantly hearing folks complain about, oh, I've got so much stuff. I don't know which way it's up. And there is this really, really good theme, you know, that can kind of cover your butt is that if it's not broken, don't try and fix it. But the bad side of that is you're not trying to look for ways to optimize and things to make yourself better. You're kind of just trying to maintain things so they don't break. And that's really not the approach that we ultimately want to be. We want to be proactive. And in the research, we were able to see that companies, we were able to prove and show that companies who were adopting multi-vendor solutions, thinking it's like, okay, cool, I just need this one little piece here, let me get that one little piece. Oh shoot, you know, three months later, oh, I need this thing, let me get that thing. Oh, it's cool, you know, down the road, I'm gonna, you know, have time to fix it all. Yeah, guess what, there isn't time, that doesn't actually happen. So that kind of perspective is what we're trying um, to kind of bring to the small medium business um, market is just that, hey, look, you actually can get everything you need, at least from a security point of view, from a single vendor uh, that's built together to work together. It's literally designed that way from the get go. So all the integrations, all the automation that are critical in security, um, you don't have to do yourself. It's already built into the product. And a lot of folks don't realize that. And uh, so that's really the message that we're bringing and it resonates really well. And now that we're starting to see the data points to prove that it actually helps too, um, it's a good place for us to be. Right. As a small business owner or a startup, what are the key security issues that I should be aware of? And, you know, the potential threats, is it malware? Is it hacking? Is it privacy? I mean, you know, what, what are the big things that you're selling on these days? Something that drives me up the wall is people say SMB market. Well, what the heck does that actually even mean? Wait a minute. <laughs> that's on your business card. Yes, it is on my business card. Um, and if I had to tell you I'm responsible for companies that are you know, under 500 employees all the way down to companies that are less than 10 employees. And I'm willing to bet you know, folks will probably agree with me if you know, I say it's like, how a five-person or a 10-person operation works, operates, does their processes is very different than a 500-person company. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things I've been making sure anytime I'm doing the research is I'm breaking that information up into, okay, how do folks do things you know, when there are less than 10 people, less than 25 people, less than 50, et cetera, et cetera. So when you ask me for a question like, okay, well, what should folks be doing? 
I don't want, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping right there because I'm not going to just group it all into one big, you know, huge, you know, pot because everyone's very different. Um, so I would say, you know, if I'm thinking about a company that's less than 10 people, um, chances are, you know, you haven't maybe hired your own IT person. And by the way, that's definitely a big tipping point is when you do that, how your infrastructure is going to change. Um, so if you haven't hired your own IT person yet, you don't feel you're to that level of granularity and customization. Um, you know, I think one of the first things you can just do is you know, keep your credentials safe, your username and password. I know, super simple. But the majority of folks are, you know, getting hacked, or having data leaks, whatever you want to call it, having an incident because, you know, their information got out there. And a lot of us have become pretty numb to it. You know, we always get those letters in the mail saying, oops, sorry, we, you know, we had a data breach, your username and password have become compromised. Um, but that is a significant part of the business. So making sure you're changing those and, you know, best case scenario, using something like two-factor authentication. And that's where, you know, you put your username and password in and it's going to say, hey, check your phone, put in this code. We just want to make sure it's you. You know, that's probably one of the easiest things someone can do. Now, once you start having, you know, maybe more employees or you're kind of taking on more technology within the business itself, um, you know, you're definitely going to look to something that's going to give you the web security, the network security, and that's going to be your firewall. That firewall is going to do a number of different things. Um, it's going to protect from folks, you know, going to websites that, you know, they shouldn't be or are dangerous, as well as from anything kind of coming in. And by the way, that's also going to protect you, you know, if you're being, if you're going to email, because typically, you know, if they're trying to get you to click on something, your firewall can stop that information from coming through or even going to in the first place. Um, and then even as you grow, that firewall is going to end up being a cornerstone of your business. And, you know, so for us, in our case, at Fortinet, um, you know, we also manufacture switches as well as, or as well as wireless access points. And all three of those products were designed to, get, to work together. So again, the integrations, the automations are already there. So it limits just how much more stuff you've got to do, which, you know, if you've only got a 10 person company, you got a lot on your plate. And the last thing you want to do is an operational headache. Uh, and then secondly, you know, definitely endpoint security, just because not you know, we, we hope people are always on the network, sure, but reality is it doesn't happen. Uh, so just making sure should something get through, you know, you've got a way to stop it, roll it back if ransomware, you know, somehow strikes, because especially if you're a 10 person company, that ransomware element can really, you know, do damage. On the Fortinet website, it says that 43% of cyber attacks in 2019 targeted small business. And, you know, I know the numbers are high, but even so I was surprised uh, at how high that was. Just wondering why are, you know, small businesses and startups, are they a prime target for these attacks? And what are the perpetrators actually trying to achieve? So that stat, this is a perfect example. That stat comes from a research report called the Verizon Data Breach Incident Report, the VDBIR uh, in, our, in our language. And case in point, Verizon looks at that and says, SMBs are all companies less than 1,000 employees. So that's one reason you're seeing it so high, because it's literally counting companies that are, I would say, small enterprise companies. I wouldn't call those SMBs. Right. There's a lot of those companies. But on the other hand, yes. you know, I'd go where the money is. I'd go after bigger businesses if I was in that line of work. 
Yep. No, you're right. So that said, if we look to the smaller house, like the 10 people company, the 25 people companies, um, they absolutely are still targets. And it's interesting. I'm, I'm working on a state of SMB security report uh, that's slated to come out uh, next year in 2022. And one of the things we do is we kind of ask, it's like, hey, you know, if you had had an incident, where do you think it got into the first place? And one of the questions, one of the answer responses is, well, we didn't actually have a breach officially, but we're pretty skeptical. And at this point, looking at the data set, roughly 50% of people are <laughs> responding with that answer, um, which really alludes to, it's like, I don't really know if my stuff's working um, and somebody might be lurking in there. And that, that lurking in there is probably one of the number one ways and reasons that attackers are looking at smaller companies uh, as an entry way into the larger companies that you guys might be partnering with. That is absolutely um, a big thing. And that's why, you know, if your business model is really centered around working and partnering with larger companies, providing a service or anything like that, they're probably vetting you to try and understand your cybersecurity as well, because there have been so many hacks over the past few years where that's how somebody got in. It wasn't necessarily they were going after the big boy. They were going after the smaller player using their credentials and pretending that they were them and boom, oh, I'm in the network. So again, that's where even where cybersecurity is important for a small player because it, it's a business limiting situation. If you don't have it, you may not, people may not want to do business with you from a partnering point of view. Um, and then, you know, then there's your classic just model of, yep, it's absolutely true. Folks don't have as much time and money to enact, you know, controls that are integrated and automated. It's just low-hanging fruit. I can get in there, I can get all your username and passwords, and then I can go out and use those username and passwords and see what I can find. Um, you know, so that, that's typically why um, you see folks being targeted at a smaller base. So I think you've earned the right, Joel, for me to ask you, if you can just tell us a little bit about what is Fortinet, what is the, 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 the value proposition that it offers, and how exactly do you help SMEs? I struggle here because as you know, I'm a marketing type guy and I was like, oh, I got to promote my company. But I got to be honest, it's I, I am really here because I really love the way, approach that Fortinet's taking to the market. So previously, you know, I was at Palo Alto Networks and fantastic company and huge platform player as well. You know, when I look at the market, there are really two big players when it comes to being able to provide all the security pieces that a company is going to need, regardless of how big or small they are. And that's Palo Alto Networks and Fortinet. Um, the difference, though, is one of the things, whether it's <clears throat> my company, my previous companies, you know, you take a look at a Cisco, for example, is a lot of companies have taken an approach to the market of growth through acquisition and the challenge there when it comes to security is you get to a level with a certain vendor that you're going to be working with where all our threat subscription services you know the antivirus the malware all that stuff we're all pretty much the same uh things are going to all protect you pretty darn well where things start making a difference is whether or not the pieces within your ecosystem, you know, your endpoint protection, your firewall network protection, your cloud protection, your two-factor authentication, I could keep on going, whether or not all those pieces 
are effectively talking to each other and saying, hmm, I saw this little piece here, plus this, I saw this little piece over here, plus I saw this little piece over here. Uh oh, wait a minute, we might have a thing. If you look a lot at other vendors, you know, whether they've done growth through acquisition or their portfolio is just not as broad, they can't talk as much. And that is really where the attack structure is going. Because people, you know, attackers realize that you can't just take a, you know, straight on forward approach. Again, even in the consumerization technology, security has gotten better even in the low ranks. You can't just go straight forward and just hope it's going to work. Um, so the attacks are becoming a lot more mature in how they get around security. Uh, and obviously it's also available on the dark web, so you don't even have to develop it yourself nowadays. So for me, you know, coming to a company like Fortinet that's, you know, really prides themselves on, you know, delivering security at an affordable price because we do design our own stuff. That definitely helps. But then we have not taken a growth through acquisition strategy. Um, I'm not going to say we haven't acquired a company, couple companies here and there, but that inherent element of everything designed together to work together to build better is absolutely a differentiator. And one of the things that that avoiding complexity research that we just finished showed is that once folks started breaking over the four security vendors, so they're using four different vendors, the amount of time that they're spending building workarounds, integrations, fixing things and interoperability between products starts to skyrocket. Um, 30 to 40 percent of somebody's time is literally just fixing things and working on interoperability. I'm like, oh, my God, 40 percent. Holy heck. Um, and we just don't see that with the Fortinet solution. Um, and so for me, being able to explain to folks at their beginning stages, like, hey, look, I know you're thinking I'm going to quickly get this vendor, then I'm going to get this vendor, then I'm going to patch this. I get it. I understand where you're coming from that. Here is actually some research, you know, looking at your peers as they've grown and they're saying, man, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have done that. We actually had 61% of enterprises, so companies greater than 1,000 employees in that research, admit that had they had a chance to do it again, they would have focused on a single vendor strategy. That, I was like, oh my God. 61% of them admit it's like, you know what? I wish we had focused on a um, single vendor strategy. And what was interesting, if you looked at companies that were much smaller and how they answered, you know, if I knew then what I know now, what would I have done differently? They're like, I wish I would have hired more staff. I wish I'd gotten bigger budgets. And meanwhile, you look you know, forward to that crystal ball. They're like, I wish I had actually thought about this better. And so I'm not stuck with this holy, you know, confused ball of vendors that I'm now stuck with because I can't, you know, I can't just rip and replace my entire infrastructure. Right. Now, I, pr- I presume that that infrastructure gets built uh, like a patchwork quilt simply because um, they don't see that bigger picture early on. They go with the first offer they get this time, and then they go with a Black Friday sale here. Is that what's going on? Is that what you're up against? Yeah, no, that's that. So one of the uh, data points that was really, I I like to call it uh, expectations versus reality, is if when I looked at companies that were roughly 100 to 200 employees, I think, give or take, um, what was interesting is they expected the technology that they bought would last them and support their business, I believe, three to four or three to five years. I'm like, holy, wow, that's that's optimistic. One of the other questions we asked later on in that survey, I didn't want to have them back to back because I wanted to avoid bias, 
was how often are you replacing and refreshing your technology? So keep in mind, I expect the technology that I just put into place to last three to five years. How often are you refreshing it? Every one to two years. <laughs> and by the way, refreshing, and I even asked, like, hey, what's refreshing really mean? Refreshing doesn't mean, hey, I'm just upgrading the existing product. Refreshing meant buying new products to fill gaps, replacing vendors with other things, building workarounds and fixes. And it was just like, wow, that that is a huge, huge red flag right there. And to, you know, to your point, you know, we hear a lot, you know, when we kind of talk to folks like, oh, you know, I don't need Fortinet, it's too advanced. Um, you know, really rethink that because this idea that, oh, I can just upgrade and change out to build something more mature later on, it's a myth. You just don't have it. We don't see it. It doesn't happen. Um, things are going to move too quickly. Um, you're going to need this one thing then and just, you just pop it on. And by, once you start getting to that four or five, six, seven different vendors in your environment, you're kind of stuck. So one of the great things about being, you know, a smaller company right now is you have the ability to build better at the beginning. Um, and that's the gospel that we're trying to <laughs> espouse into the market right now. So I'm about to ask you how you overcome that problem. And part of the reason I'm asking that this is that many of our entrepreneurs uh, are B2B and they're trying to sell business solutions the same as you, maybe not uh, at the same scale. Um, but they want to know how do we get uh, business owners, small business owners to think more strategically, more holistically, more future oriented early on. And so that they buy your argument that, hey, um, maybe invest a little bit more now and save a lot of time and headaches in future. So what, what are the specific yeah. things that Fortinet does to, 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 to market this solution that our other listeners could learn from? Sure. Um, so one thing I will point out, uh, cause you said, you know, you, you said invest, you know, more now. One of the things that's been, I, you know, a lot of folks think that a, a solution like a Fortinet is very expensive and it's actually not the case. Uh, we, we definitely have a price model that's designed for small businesses. You know, we really, we don't do probably as much brand marketing as some of our competitors. Uh, but when you look at the actual technology stack and what we can do, you're getting a lot more bang for your buck. Um, and, you know, so when I think about, you know, where do you have to actually give them investments? Not necessarily dollars, it's just time. And that gets me back into, it's like, well, think about, you know, what technologies are you investing in to accelerate the business side? Put that same level of thought into your security because the two are absolutely connected nowadays. It's not, you know, one or the other. So, you know, given the fact that a lot of folks are just focused on their business, look, there are IT partners out there for a reason. Um, you know, if you haven't hired your own IT person, then, you know, talk to your part, talk to your you know, IT partner about it. Talk to them because that is their business and they will be able to definitely guide you, you know, the way you should be going. Or if you've hired your own IT person at this point, they should be able to be thinking about that as well. Um, again, it's like one of those things where technology has moved so quickly and even the education model has moved so quickly. Folks know this stuff now. Uh, it's, 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 they're born into it really. And they can help guide and take a lot of that pressure off your shoulders. And then you can kind of think about, you know, what do you see as a short list and where do you want to go with it? And so one of the things I said, just, you know, think about 
who is going to make sure that integrations and the automations happen the way you expect them to. If you're buying a whole bunch of different vendors, they're not designed to work together necessarily. Uh, there's got to be a middle player there, whether it's a person or another product that kind of makes you know the data work between the two. Either way, it's a lot more headache. If you buy a single vendor solution, it's all designed to go together, or at least it should be. Um, so that's you know that's for us at Fortinet. That's really what drives us. What's the single best insight that you've learned in your job about selling to business owners? I would say probably just listening to what they're trying to accomplish and understanding where they are within their company's maturity model. You know, not everybody is going to need, so one of, you know, jokes I always like, so there are things called SOC, security operations centers, um, which effectively, when you especially you look at huge companies, they're their own departments. And the reason that those things exist is because there are so many different moving parts within the entire organization that they literally need an entire command center to make sense of it all and figure it out. If you really, really think about your strategy early on, you know, taking a single vendor type strategy, you kind of eliminate all that stuff and you just kind of start thinking about, and I don't like pointing to um, uh, ROI calculators or total cost of ownership because honestly, I don't think anybody really believes them. Uh, I know I'm always skeptical when I see them. So I always just kind of take a more ideological approach to things like just think about it. This, you know, you don't have to be a computer engineer to really make sense of, hey, if you've got 100 different pieces of a puzzle in here and you've got to make them all work together, doesn't that sound like a much harder situation than one? Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's it's that's it's really that simple. Right. The other thing it seems to me that you use as a regular tool is research. It sounds like you've, you've, you've invested, Fortinet has invested in understanding the marketplace, doing these surveys uh, in order to understand what drives these entrepreneurs, what their processes are, what their regrets are, yeah. and then be able to use that to you know, fine tune uh, your marketing uh, proposition. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and the reason we did it is not... You think whether it's, you know, you're in a career path or you're trying to build a business, where are you going or where do you want to go to really understand what you should be doing? Well, you want to go and talk to your friends who have already done it and help learn from them. It's like, hey, you know, I'm kind of doing trying to do the same thing. What should I do? The advantage that I have in the role that I have is I can take a much larger perspective where individually, maybe we've got three or four or five folks within our network. I can bring in data from hundreds of people and kind of aggregate these kind of things in order to find it. And so that I, I love being able to bring that uh, to the industry so they don't have to take my word for it. You can just kind of see what right. your peers are seeing. And then, as I said, one of the big differences I try to take is I don't want to say, oh, SMB is all companies less than a thousand people. Well, that doesn't really help me if I'm a five person company. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, how, you say, what am I doing at as a five person company that's different than a 25, that's different than a 50, then a different to a hundred. Uh, so all our research is really broken up in that way. Um, so folks can truly understand where they are then and where they're going. So I'm not a cybersecurity expert, but my feel for this sector is that the bad guys get better at it. The good guys counter, then the bad guys counter, then the good guys counter. And we're in this arms race, a constant unending arms race to try and keep the perpetrators out. Um is that the future? Is, 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 or do you see, is, is, is there some total security solution coming up that, uh, that will save us from this, uh, this arms race? Yeah, the infamous cat and mouse game. Um, 
I really don't know. I think for the past year, two years, well, actually, I should take it back. Pre-COVID, I would say that security was definitely starting to have a leg up on the attackers. Um, you know, because I think one of the biggest ability or biggest inroads for an attacker is ignorance. And like I said, the more and more people become aware of, oh, shoot, I actually need to you know, care about my credentials. Oh, shoot, I need to make sure I've got these elements of security in there. Um, the harder and harder it becomes for the attackers to just go after the low-hanging fruit and the easy ends. Uh, so I thought, you know, it seemed like we were starting to do, you know, a better job as an industry and as a world on that case. But then you have the, the entire paradigm shifts and the cheese has moved and <laughs> all of a sudden business models completely change and attackers are right back at it. Uh, and that's what we definitely saw with the pre-pandemic. It's like all of a sudden everybody was working from the office. Cool. We had this really strong you know, office mentality, security structure, everything is catching up and up. Oh, now everybody's working hybrid and working remotely and it's completely different structure and we're back to square one. So, you know, when you ask me, like, where's the future going? It's like, I think, you know, again, you know, I think the defending side will start catching up um, faster. Um, you definitely can continue to hear about the smart hackers because what you're starting to see now, this is much, much larger than an entrepreneur type world, but, you know, attackers have realized like, hmm, I need to stop even worrying about trying to get around defenses. I need to just get my attacks in there through the manufacturing process, you know, and I'm talking, you know, that, that, and that's what's happening nowadays is you're seeing it's like, oh, shoot, the code was being developed or the hardware was being developed and they had an inside person that was sneaking stuff in at the beginning. The call came um, from inside the house. Exactly. It's just like, son of a gun. Um, so it's, you know, I laugh because as a uh, as a student of the game, you know, it's just like it, it, I'm always amazed at what the next iteration of things are. It's just like, son of a, are you serious right now? Um, so it makes me believe that is the cat and mouse game ever going to end? Probably not. Um, are we going to continue to see different iterations of it? Absolutely. Um, you know, if it's not one thing, it's going to be another. And, you know, the world, generally speaking, is on the cusps of brand new technological ways of doing things, you know, whether it's uh, augmented reality, it's, you know, the social media elements, it's, you know, the different, there's just so, we're on that precipice and it's, it's, it's going to be a different world in the next three, four years for sure. Right. And, but you noted that pre-COVID, the advantage seemed to be slowly going to the defense. And you think in my again? Yeah. Do you think do you think it, it, it that, that the defenders will eventually win? Because obviously the more we learn, we get to we get to um, accumulate expertise, whereas they always have to find new patent, new holes. Right. Yeah, I think that's a really astute observation. Um, again, so for me, you know, you think back to, you know, people who you know, started with the hacking and whatnot. And it's, it's people who really understood the technology better than other people and were able to exploit things that folks just didn't know about. Well, you know, the more and more we have classes um, that are, you know, focused on these kind of things, you know, recently uh, here in the States, you know, we just recently started passing legislation uh, in the small business um, uh, communities that, 
you know, there's going to be a lot more budget dedicated to cybersecurity to small businesses as a free component from the federal government. That's never existed before. So there's going to come a point probably, yeah, where, you know, the people who are doing it in a legit legal fashion understand more or less on the same level from an attacking point of view. Um, it really is. It's, it's always what makes it hard, though, is it's, it's, it's always who's first to the knowledge when new things come out and keeping up with the new technological advancements and the new latest, greatest thing that that's what makes it hard. You know, right now for, I would say, you know, IOT devices, um, you know, all the smart connected devices, there's a lot of things wrong from a security perspective with a lot of those things. Um, and those are becoming more and more a staple of our business and personal lives. Um, you know, that, I'm in the game, so it's like, like eh, I'm not sure I really need that smart refrigerator. You know, my, my wife loves her Alexas, and I'm like, can you, eh, I don't want that in my house. Um, <laughs> you know, so. We uh, have the same uh, conversation in my house. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's the technology is a double-edged sword. You know, there's a lot of good, but there's a lot of, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, you know, cliche as it is. But it sounds like... Uh, the, the the future that you're seeing it it sounds like and this is some co cosmic coincidence no doubt it sounds like that points towards full service single vendor solutions to make sure that the that the that the the shield holds yeah no absolutely like i said it's like for me you know the reason i'm at the company that i'm at is because our route to market and what we're going to market with is a single vendor that, I mean, we, for better or worse, we may not be first to market all the time with the newest, latest thing, but we also see the advantages of making sure when we do roll something out that it already integrates and automates and it talks throughout the entire security fabric. If you're the person who's left picking up the pieces, okay, I mean, that that's fine. That's certainly a strategy. Just understand it's going to cost, it's going to be more resources on your end. That's all. And, you know, and you got to ask yourself, am I going to have those resources or not? Right. Okay. Joel Boyd, it's always fun to talk to people who serve the small business market, but, but really care about the small, small business market and are, you know, constantly finding ways to improve the value that they create and, and communicate that in a thoughtful way. So it's been great chatting with you about all these things. Final question for you is, is there one more actionable piece of advice that you'd like to give to our entrepreneurs today that they could implement right away in their businesses? Um, yeah, I would say just, you know, start looking at, you know, what have you got in place right now? And if you don't know and you don't understand, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You're, you're like a lot of people. There are so many companies that are out there trying to help and legitimately want to help. Yes, they're selling services, but they literally can make things easier to understand and tell you the pros and cons. Set up a quick introductory meeting with them and just, you know, just start having a quick conversation. That's what that's the easiest way to start. Just get the ball rolling. Okay, Joel Boyd is the director of SMB Solutions for Fortinet. Uh, it's been great chatting with you. It's been great catching up on what's going on in the cybersecurity area, and it's great finding out uh, the unique contributions that Fortinet is making to the small business community. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, we'll talk again.
Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.